Well, good morning, friends. Grab your Bibles and grab your notepads and pens. We're in Colossians. Um, probably another, I don't know, three or four messages. We'll probably make it through this week. This is podcast number 397, closing in on 400. Uh, this is for Monday, October 18th. Let's look at our memory verses in Colossians chapter 1, verse 19. It says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And turn a page to Colossians 2, verse 9. And it says, For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. This is so important to plant scripture within your heart. And it takes discipline, right? It takes time. And, uh, but if you'll learn a couple of scriptures um, each time we're together, um, write them down on three by five cards, carry them with you, or however um, you memorize. But uh, it's so important to memorize the word of God. And then when you get into situations where you need um, an answer, you know, because Peter tells us, be ready to give an answer to every man of the reason of the hope that is in us with meekness and with fear. We need to to have something to give them more than just our opinion or my pastor told me so. We need to be able to know the scripture. And so plant the word deep within your heart for your own good, but also for those opportunities, those divine appointments where you can share is true. So in Colossians chapter 4, um, verses 3 and 4, we, we talked yesterday about prayer. We're going to talk about prayer again today. Colossians chapter 4, verses 3 and 4. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. We probably won't get much into, into verse 4, but uh, verse 3 is important. I love this quote this morning. Um, from a man named Richard Trent, who lived from 1807 to 1886. He was the Archbishop of Dublin, and he said it uh, so well. Um, Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. Prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. It is laying hold of his willingness. Um, We pray for people because we want what's best for them. And that's what God wants for them. So we're not overcoming his reluctance to help them. We're laying hold of his willingness and his desire. So we're coming into unity with Christ. We're not trying to uh, twist his arms, so to speak. What we're trying to do is to pray and to pray uh, with the understanding and uh, to keep our minds and our hearts pure as we pray. It's not about just getting things from God. It's about um, God giving his best to those situations we are praying for. Now, I don't look at uh, uh, Paul's prison prayers. So write down this Colossians chapter 1 verses 9 through 12. And let's take a look at it. I'm going to look at a few of his prayers. There'll be some, you know, some lengthy reading here. But I think it's imperative to understand that Paul's in prison here. And what he's praying for, uh, we should pay attention to. Uh, He's in a prison, a difficult situation. And maybe you're in some kind of prison, some kind of difficult situation. And Paul doesn't focus on the fact that he's in prison to get attention. He focuses on the fact that because he's in prison, he has this time to write these letters to people who he loves and cares for, some of them who he has never even met, um, 
And he writes them with such incredible grace and such incredible power. There's there's no mystery to his prayers. He's very open about it. So let's look at a Colossians chapter 1. Now he's praying for a church he's never met. Look at verse 9. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. So when Epaphras comes to Rome to see Paul and to get some instruction, he says, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that, let's, let's look at these things. What Imagine if we prayed these over ourselves and we prayed these over our family. Um, praying for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual understanding, wisdom and understanding. So we pray for knowledge of his will in all spiritual understanding and wisdom. And we pray that we would be filled with those things and that our children would be filled with these things. Can you imagine saying, uh, uh, instead of saying from the day we heard from you, from the day um, we, we brought you into this world as a son or a daughter. We have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the wisdom or with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. What a great pray to, uh, prayer to pray over your children or your grandchildren. Uh, verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Isn't that something we all want? To, to walk in a manner that is pleasing to the Lord, fully pleasing to him. And then bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. If we just took verses nine and 10 and prayed that over our children, prayed that over our churches, prayed that over the people, our, our spouses, prayed that over the people in our family, pray that over yourself. God, that I may grow, I may be filled with the knowledge of your will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that I may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to you. May I bear fruit in every good work and increase in the knowledge of God. May I be strengthened with all power according to your glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to you, Father, who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Does that sound like I've, I've, I've changed scripture to the point that I've ruined it? No, I'm, I'm making that prayer a personal prayer. And as I, I look at these prayers this morning, I just think these are things I'm going to, to, to begin to pray over myself because, you know, it's like the, you know, it's like they say in the, in the airplane, you know, if we lose oxygen and you're traveling with a child or you're traveling with somebody who would need your help, when the oxygen mask drop, place it over your, your mouth first, which is counterintuitive, right? But place it over your nose first, place the mask over your nose first so you're breathing, then you're going to be able to help the person next to you. It only takes a few seconds. You're not putting their life in danger. You put it over yourself and then you put it over them. This is what I need to be praying. I need to be I need to be putting the oxygen mask over myself first and strengthening myself that I may have more to offer you than just words. So what a beautiful prayer. In Philippians chapter one. We'll look at another prison prayer of Paul in Philippians chapter one, verses nine through eleven. A different group of people going through different issues and different struggles. And in verse nine he says and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. 
with knowledge and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. What if we prayed that over our children? What if we changed the words uh, 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 to be more about us? And, and it is my prayer for myself that love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that I may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Oh, that I may be um, in a situation where my love abounds more and more, where my knowledge and my discernment are more and more, so that I may be able to approve what is excellent. I can notice and I can see those things, and those are the things that I would go to, and that I may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, that I may be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. It's not wrong to do that. We're not adjusting scripture and writing our own Bible. What we're doing is taking Paul's prayer and we're making it uh, a, something that we can relate to. And again, imagine you who have, have children or have grandchildren, grandchildren praying this over your children, praying this over your grandchildren. Let's look at a couple more of Paul's prayers. I hope you're enjoying this. I, uh, I, am, I am learning from this. In Ephesians chapter 1. There's two in Ephesians, so we want to read them both. But Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23. For this reason, because I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love towards all saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and of revelation and knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope to which you have been called, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is the body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Can you imagine starting your day, reminding yourself in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, of who Christ is? Of who Christ is? He is all-powerful. He's placed above all things. So when you begin to talk to God and, and you begin to, to see how powerful your Savior is and you start the day by saying this prayer, then you lead into the other things, asking God to do these things in your life. What a powerful way to start your day. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. Ephesians three fourteen through 21. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, 
from whom every family in heaven, heaven on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, not my bank account, but according to the riches of his glory, not my spiritual uh, life, not, not the things in my life that are good, but his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who was able to do far more abundantly than all that you could ask or even think according to the power at work within us, so to him be glory in the church and in Christ. So we have Colossians chapter 1, 9 through 12. We have Philippians 1, 9 through 11. We have Ephesians 1, 15 through 23, and Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. Imagine again praying these prayers over yourself and then praying them over your family, over your kids, over your grandkids, over your spouse. What a powerful thing that would be completely from the word of God. Paul goes into great detail in these prayers. He holds nothing back, and I love that. Now, back to Colossians chapter 4. And at the end of verse 3, he says, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word. Paul um, is, is in prison, but notice he doesn't ask for prison doors to be opened, but he asks that the doors of ministry might be opened. Many times we focus on the things that are going on in our lives that, that we believe are holding us back. We believe they're the most essential. But what does Paul pray for? Not to be released from prison. Not that the prison doors would swing wide open like they did with Peter and he walked away. And they did when Paul and Silas were in prison and when they started to sing praises to the Lord. No, he prays that the ministry doors would be wide open. What a prayer from prison. I'm sure my prayer would be, help, get me out of here. But Paul says, pray for us that the prison doors, uh, uh, not the prison doors would be open, but that ministry doors would be open. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And let's look at verses 8 and 9. Paul um, telling the saints and telling all those um, what is what is going on in his life as he closes out First Corinthians and First Corinthians sixteen verse eight he says but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost for a wide door for effective work has opened to me and there are many adversaries notice he doesn't say and it's a piece of cake it's so simple it's like shooting uh, shooting ducks uh, in in a barrel that's not what it is is it. No, it's catching fish in a barrel. Whatever that analogy is, the simplicity of things, right? It says, I'm going to stay in Ephesus till Pentecost for a wide door for effective work has opened to me. Notice that the wide door of effective work does not come without adversaries. 
but he doesn't pray for the silence of his adversaries. He said, in a sense, in the midst of my adversaries, in the midst of these struggles, in the midst of these difficulties, there is a wide door for the effective work of the gospel. All that, that just reminds me of the day in which we're living in. There was so much going on that we could look at and we go, oh, the ministry is going to be shut down in the United States. People are not open to it. No. At the most difficult times when there appears to be no answers, a wide door of effective ministry could be open. And we need to be praying for that. We need need to be praying when they attack the church and want to shut it down, that a wide door of opportunities would be open to share the gospel. It's why we're here. Paul's in prison, and yet in prison behind locked doors, he says, I'm praying for these opportunities. I'm not praying that the prison doors would be open in my, for my life so that I can walk free. I want the prison doors to be open for those who don't know Jesus so they can walk in spiritual freedom. And again, he didn't pray for the ease of the ministry. He prayed for the effective ministry in the midst of his adversaries. One more portion of scripture in Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14. Acts is the history book of the New Testament written by Luke, who traveled with Paul for part of this journey. And from Paul's perspective and then Luke's perspective, it's all put together. So in Acts chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue, And they spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. So as Paul's um, modus operandi, he goes into the synagogue first, to the Jew first, and then to the Gentile, right? But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So they remained for a long time. (laughs) Do you see this? The, the unbelieving Jews poisoned the minds against the brothers, so they just ran out of town. No, no. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. In the midst of the adversarial uh, environment, he says, we stayed a long time. <laughs> Oh, how we love to run from the conflict and we love to run from our adversaries. But no, he runs right to them. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. When an attempt was made by both Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to mistreat them and to stone them, they learned of it and fled to Lystra and Derby, cities of Lyconia, and to the surrounding country. And they continued to preach the gospel. When it became a situation necessary to leave because their lives were in danger, that's when they finally fled. But until that time, they stayed a long time to preach the gospel and to teach the gospel. Paul, again, he doesn't pray for comfort. He prays for strength. He doesn't pray for prison doors to be open in his life. So that then, then once those doors are open, oh God, I'll be an effective minister for you now. In the midst of his situation, whatever that situation may be, he prayed for open doors. No matter what you're going through this morning, my prayer for you is for healing. My prayer for you is that God would, would remove some obstacles. But maybe my prayer for you should be in the midst of this situation. 
in the midst of your body that is fighting against you, in the midst of these these things that are coming against you. Maybe I should pray not for open doors there, but for open doors and divine appointments so that the word of God would go forth. Let me pray for us. In Numbers chapter 624, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you. So we talk again.